The Way It Is with Sunan. Paul Cherash and joining me in studio is Mick Wright. And we're going to talk about a kind of exotic number of subjects or a, a number of exotic subjects is what I should say. Um, Mick Wright, great to see you. You too, Sue. Thanks for having me in. Great, I, to, be, great to be back. I'm wondering where we'll start because you've come in and talked to us about owls before and great stories about owls. You sent me a picture about of of an owl which had fallen out of a nest and a nest that you were previously familiar with. That's right. Tell us about yeah, the story. Yeah, that particular nest is uh, in between Inish Teague and Thomastown and um, my association with that nest goes back about four years um, and at that time there was I think it was three or four chicks we we, we identified and ringed. That they haven't been breeding in that particular site since then but this year the birds came back and so uh, my boss I call him my boss not really my boss but anyway my boss comes over comes over from Galway he's got a license to ring the from birds from Birdwatch Ireland yeah John Lusby he, yeah. he's um, he's quite he's quite famous in the bird world in Ireland mm. and uh, I don't have a license to ring I can I can identify where the nests are and um, ascertain whether there's a breeding pair there, which I do, and then I, I, I get a kind of a running order and he comes down and we go visit, visit these sites. Anyway, this site in between Inishteague and Thomastown, we arrive at the site, and lo and behold, there was a baby owl at the bottom of the tree. Fallen out of the nest. Fallen out of the nest. Did this not happen before? It did. Yeah. It did. Uh, um, funnily enough, at the same site, it's not really uncommon because what happens is um, when the adult comes back with the prey item there's a jostle in the nest and the smallest one often gets pushed out goes overboard and once they get pushed out they're on the floor it's curtains for them because the adults will not they can't get them back up again they won't land they just will not land and feed them so anyway anyway anyway, so we just happen to arrive presumably um at the right time this poor owl um it, there it was at the bottom of the tree and john says to me quick mick catch that owl it'll be get it'll get away into the bushes well it didn't move and the reason it didn't move was because it had a terrible eye infection and um so what i did was i got some uh, some soapy water mild solution and a cotton bud and cleaned its eyes out the best i could and I thought, well, it's still not great, and we're not. It's not in great shape. So it, I, it was weak, was it? Yeah. Very weak. Yeah. And um, so uh, I thought, what will we do? So I called the vet in Thomastown. She said, send me a photo. So I sent her a photo. She said, you better bring him in. So I brought him in. <laughs> so I brought him in, and um, Thomastown vets, great shout out for them actually. Uh, Siobhan, the vet there. She hadn't any experience with barn elves, but she had previously treated a buzzard, a much bigger bird. So she looked at the owl, she said, it doesn't look good, lads. Um, What I'll do is I'll weigh the bird and reduce the dose of the antibiotic down proportionately for for the baby owl, give him some eye drops, give him some rehydration fluids, and we'll see what, you know, what's what. So anyway, we did that and um, 
we took the bird back to the nest and usually what you'd do is actually you wouldn't put him straight back in you'd keep him for a few days and get some food into him but it was only a single chick so if we did that the, the adults would would abandon the nest site so fingers crossed we put him back in in in, in the tree hole in the nest site made a little platform right outside there's a classic storybook owl hole in a tree right so you know um so we made a little platform so if he came out again he wouldn't fall out and we put him back in not really hoping that uh, he'd survive so i thought well you know we'll leave him there for a couple of days and i went down a couple of days later and i could hear oh. the baby owl making that baby oh. owl noise of theirs really faintly just clinging on to life and i thought well that's great, but it's it not, was worth it. Yeah. yeah, it's not done and dusted, but at least he's you know at least he's he is alive and there is hope. And I went down two weeks after that, which is only a couple of nights ago, and he was calling strongly. So I'm going to take uh, Siobhan, the uh, the vet, a bunch of flowers Aww. actually because she deserves the flowers. Okay. That's that's a lovely story and leads us seamlessly to the flowers, Mick, because. I discovered that you grow the most beautiful flowers for cutting and as a, for floristry or whatever you would call it. Yeah. They're not imported from Holland. They're not grown in a glass house. They're grown in your garden and you grow them commercially now on a very small scale. That's right. But they're absolutely gorgeous. Thanks. And when I took them to somebody for their birthday recently. Everybody at the birthday just was in awe of them and where were they grown and how could they be grown locally? And they are, and you must be one of the few people. I know somebody was growing flowers and they were sold at the Glossary and Goodies in Goran a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but I have to say the flowers that you grow are just glorious. Just right. tell us briefly about them. Like, what are they? Yeah, Where well, are you selling them? Where can people get them? Because I think there must be a market for flowers that have no air miles no whatsoever. No air miles, no yeah. child labour, no pesticides, no herbicides. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and they're local. And they're, they, uh, thanks, for the, thanks for the positive. But they're beautiful right. and they'd be up on the website if people listen yeah. back to this so, interview, they'll see so the I've photographs. I've got many different yeah. varieties, perhaps too too many to uh, to reel off. But, you know, lilies, gladioli, dahlias, verbena bonariensis, um, uh, Queen Anne's lace. Some quite some kind of old fashioned old, ones and some really ones. tall ones. Yeah, yeah exotic I, looking. Yeah, I like to grow, grow flowers too that... Um, Pollinators appreciate so simple flowers. So my garden is full of butterflies and bees too. And they're happy as Larry in the the Kilkenny soil. Well, I've been working on that soil for many years. I'm a I'm you know, I've back, a background as a gardener, and I've been building. I've got raised beds, quite a lot of them, and a polytunnel. And I've been Kilkenny soil. Unless you, it's not great where we are. To be fair, it's that yellow marl, which farmers will know. Uh, and other gardeners it's not great so you know with the raised beds I've been improving the soil structure and fer fertility is not so important for flowers they don't like a lot of okay yeah they're beautiful I'm just watching the clock here okay where can people get them 
uh, Harmony Health Food Store in Thomas in Town. Town. Local, and local. Thomas Town Country Market Saturday, Saturday mornings. Morning, yeah, yeah. And if anybody's listening and they want flowers, home uh, natural grown flowers for a wedding or an event, yeah. get in, get in touch with me. You can go into Harmony Health Food. There's a I've got a um, thing in there. Bouquets cut cut to order. Um, however many you like it's going to have to the seasonal so not every flower's in bloom every month okay but i'll be doing it through through october now so. okay all right well look they are beautiful um you should have a website probably yeah but i hate all that. You ha- i know you I know. don't want anything yeah. to do with any of that okay so his name is mick wright and yeah. i can, maybe i can give out your number if people are serious you can, you can indeed privately yeah. if if yeah. people um, want a, yes. a quantity of them other than where you've described the final thing is not so good a thing well, tell us about f- briefly following the night jar and what happened to you Oh, a nightjar yeah, well, is a very rare bird. Well, the nightjar is, um, uh, I'm not sure I've got time much to say about it. It's, I'm doing a survey on another bird called a nightjar. I'm really interested. It's a really rare, yeah. unusual, exotic bird. Nobody knows anything about it. There's very few in Ireland, but I'm on the trail of them and I'm really enjoying that. And the. the, the uh, you found one? There's one. I found one. Yeah. But. In. Um, in uh, it's, it's not quite in Kilkenny, it's over the border near Enniscorty. Um, you found him and and what happened to you oh what do you mean with the horses yeah oh yeah well I got I got on the, by the way I got bitten my side of my face on got bitten f- off by a horse but you know it's a jungle out there what can you do <laughs> I yeah. told people we had exotic things to talk about Mick thank you very All much right. indeed um, and uh, let's everybody remember the beautiful flowers hi Sue could you announce the following Carlo Town Hurling and Camogie Club Little Puckers coaching session tonight has been cancelled this evening. I'd say that's because of the weather and Jim is on to me to say there's thunder and lightning again in Carlo. There you go. Mick Wright, thanks so much. Thanks, we'll Sue. take a break. Thank you. The Way It Is with Sue Nunn. 